Hi, welcome to Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. Thanks for downloading, and as you listen, you are guaranteed an encounter with the word. Amen. You can have your seat in Lost Presence. Happy Sunday. This morning, I'm going to be taking us on a journey. Uh, some of us could be familiar with it. Because some of us have been Christians for a long time. And to some of us, it's going to be new. And for some of us, it's going to be a refresher. Or a refresher, as you can call it. So bear with me in the course of this journey. So that we can all learn together. Somebody say amen. Let's start with Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, from verse 1 to 12. It's going to be a very fast reading. Matthew chapter 5, from verse 1 to 12. It says, Now when he saw the crowd, when Jesus saw the crowd, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Then his disciples came to him. Let me explain this a little bit before I go further. circumstances and situations sometimes determine the inspiration of certain men i've explained to you in this house before even if i don't have the gift of prophecy and i go to university campus and they tell me you are the one preaching for tonight and i see the whole campus filled with all manners of guys and ladies believe you me there are certain cases that must be amongst all those people there are certain cases. I will explain what I'm trying to say before we go further. I come to a meeting that is filled with all women. Somebody there must be trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Somebody there must be a witch. Somebody there must be trusting God for a husband. Somebody there must be having marital issues. Somebody there must be flying at night. Because you hardly see men fly at night. Amen. So, when Jesus saw the crowd, gets back to the scripture, he was inspired. He said, now nah, this is a good place to talk. Because the crowd tells you there are all manner of people in that place. So he sat down. He sitting down there was strategic. He was preparing his notes. He was preparing his punchline. Just like some of us when we pastor. When you see a pastor changing his sermon in between the service. Check the audience. Something has happened. So Jesus sat down and his disciples came to him. Two. And he began to teach them. The Jesus that will probably know before will share bread with them. The Jesus that will probably know will have them ask him questions. On many occasions they were asking him questions and they will answer them. But this time around, he saw the crowd. He was inspired. He was moved. And he began to teach saying verse 3 verse 3 blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is what the kingdom of god it's not saying you have to be poor that's not what it's saying because if you read in the amplified classic i wish they have that the amplified classic will tell you that the blessed there the poorness and the spirit means humble not rating yourself above others you know what you have but you don't, you're, 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 not, you're, you're, not, you're not desperate to use it to outshine others or to intimidate others. For example, someone like me, when I'm 
amongst a lot of pastors, a lot of prophets and all of that. I don't talk. I don't talk. Because talking there does not determine your spiritual position. Amen? It doesn't determine your spiritual position. And that's the mistake some of us make. And you'll get to say it along in my teaching this morning. So you have the gift of prophecy. So everywhere you are, you want to prophesy. And say, thou seer the Lord. So sometimes, can you just keep quiet? So he says, blessed are the poor in the spirit. They are rich. They are prosperous. They have so much spiritual value. Every man created by God has so much spiritual value. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4. Verse 4. Media, you have to help me. It's a fast reading, please. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mourning there on many occasions does not mean somebody died. It means you are just at every point in your life in the state of repentance. Mourning for sinners. Mourning there also means weeping. And the truth of the matter is that's what some of us don't do in this Christian age. Everybody's just all about their own salvation and their faith. Somebody said recently, and I quote, he said one of the prayers that answers most is kingdom advancement prayer. Praying for those who are not saved. Let's continue. Blessed are the meek, for they shall do what? Inherit the heart. Verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So just in case you're in this house, you're always asking God for mercy. The question to ask you, why you've not received that mercy is, are you merciful to others? Must you always carry out your actions on people? I will show them. I will show him. And you did. Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will do what? They will see God. The continuing text of that scripture, it means that they will see God in action. Because not that you literally see God, but you will see God in action. So just in case you're in this place and you are the one that prays the most, but you've never seen result, it's because your heart is not pure. Now verse, verse, eight, verse 9. Let's go verse 9. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. This is one verse that I first knew in the entire scripture. In the entire Bible. This verse has never left me since primary 2. They flogged me because of this verse. Because they used to teach us something then in school. CRS or CRK, whatever it's called. It's called the Beatitudes. I mean, if you were taught that in school. Yeah. So this was the verse they gave me. I crammed it. Took shower with it. Took breakfast with it. Took lunch with it. Then the day that I felt like I knew it. You know when you've rehearsed something so well in your house. And your dad says, you're good to go. You got it. Your mom looks at you and says, you're good to go. Your sister looks at you and says, perfect, you got it. No mistake. Then you get to the assembly ground and they give you the microphone. Then you are trying to remember. Your sister is looking at you. Say it now. So they flogged me for that verse. So I will never forget. Matthew 5 verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the what? The sons and daughters of God. A question to ask. Are you a peacemaker? 
peacemaker there. Some of you will think it's those that settle fight. No. Ah, say, Pastor, I'm a child of God. I saw them fighting a challenge yesterday, so I settled the fight. That's not the peacemaker is talking about. Do you remember the part in the scriptures that says God desires that you be at peace with all men? At peace with all men. That's what he's talking about. Now verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. So for your doing good, they are persecuting you. For standing in the faith, they are persecuting you. For serving a man of God, they are persecuting you. For chasing after the vision of another man, they are persecuting you. Dying in church, doing everything for the sake of the gospel, they are persecuting you. Now, persecution, many of the times, does not mean that they are talking back at you. It just means that despite the energy you are bringing into the faith, people cannot still see the evidence of it. You are always the first to come to church, yet your landlord still kicked you out. That's persecution. Because if truly your landlord knows that you are a child of God and you are a Christian, he should not chase you out. He just knows that you are going through a process. Just like when I asked my grandmother, I'm like, Grandma, why have you not sent these people out of there? He said, ah, we are all Christians. Time and seasons for every man. He's going through some things, so we have to work with him. I was like, man, this woman understands this scripture. Put it back up. Because of righteousness, for theirs is what? The kingdom of heaven. Now verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you. I trust my bonner people. They can't insult you and not say something back. A part of you feels that they've cheated you. I used to be like that. Persecute you. And falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Because of who? Because of God. Verse 12. See what he says. He says, Rejoice and be glad. Because great is where? Is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now give me Uzziah chapter 10. Uzziah chapter 10 verse 12. Uzziah chapter 10 verse 12. When you get back home, I'd like some of you to go back and read Matthew 5. Just read it. It's going to help your faith. In the course of this teaching. Uzziah 10 verse 12. Can we have it? Uzziah. Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. And break up your unplowed ground. Another scripture will tell you your uncultivated ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Until he comes and showers what righteousness on you. So this morning, as we journey through a new course that I've titled Broken and Planted, the Lord's gonna help me in a few Sundays while I'll be teaching this because I'm pumped up for it. Where you will be able to understand. The place of spirituality and the height of brokenness. I said again, the place of what? Spirituality and the height of brokenness. 
It's a good place to say that God is not seeking for spiritual beings, but broken beings. I know some of the things I'm going to be saying is going to be strange to some people, but I'm bringing it out from the word. God is not looking for what? Spiritual beings. God is looking for what? Broken beings. How do I know this? John chapter 4 verse 24. Let's check it. John chapter 4 verse 24. John chapter 4 verse 24. It says God is spirit. God is what? God is spirit. Let me say it in a terms that you understand. God is the landlord. No matter how blessed of you as a landlord, you are not looking for another landlord. Amen? Every landlord is looking for a what? A good tenant. A good occupant. So God is spirit. God is the head of all spiritual beings. And his worshippers must do what? Must worship in what? In spirit and in truth. If you went to a private school like I did, because they might not teach you what I'm about to say now in public, whenever you see them use certain conjunction words like hand as well as, that's to let you know that the word that comes after the hand has more value than the previous one. So it's telling you that God desires true worshippers that worship in Him word in spirit and in truth. So there is much more value on the truth than the spirit. There is much more value on the truth than the spirit. Because truth, there is reality. Truth is definite placement. Truth is, the, is a secure location. The actual state of a property. Is good enough to be spirit, but God is more particular about truth. So spirituality is pointless when truth is missing. Genuine brokenness pleases God much more than spirituality. That's why Paul was encouraging the, the, uh, his followers. He said, if I prophesy, if I speak in tongues, if I, it got to a point, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. But Paul said, if I have all those things, and love is missing, what did he say? He said, everything is in vain. Now, is love, is love spiritual? You could say it is. But the truth of the matter is love is the true identity of your heart. That's why God said, that's what Jesus said in the scripture. He said, if you claim you love me and you've not loved your neighbor, then that love is not true. So let's stop that game in church where everybody is so concerned about their spiritual state of mind. Let's talk about the true state of your mind. So spirituality is completely useless when truth is not in the picture. As a matter of fact, genuine brokenness speaks louder than spirituality. Genuine what? Genuine brokenness. It speaks louder than spirituality. Because what some of you don't understand is that spirituality is judgmental. 
Spirituality is what? It's judgmental. Even the Bible says, I will judge every spirit. And the bodies will be broken into pieces. So spirituality alone is you invoking judgment on yourself. I'm still looking till today, till today, though I know one person. I'm still looking for those that go to trance and come back. I don't know if you have any people that go to trance. Have you seen any one of them? Maybe they live in your house. Please bring them this week. I want to see them. I want to know what they see when they get there. And how come when they get there, somebody who has dined with angels, when you come back to planet Earth, should your life remain the same? A young girl that I know called her one day. I needed her assistance in Houston. And the mother said she's not available. I said, why? What happened? He said, just keep praying for your sister. All is well. I said, ah, what happened? Is she sick? She said, no. She said, she's with the Lord. When I heard that statement, I thought she was dead. She said, no. She has been on trance for four days now. They said she will not come back until two weeks' time. I said, trance? Like, did she go to France or trance? Like, I don't understand. She said, trance? Like, what you me? Okay, where is the Emi place? He said, she's on her bed. Like, she's gone. I said, wow. Woo. When will she come back, mommy? She said, it's going to take like two weeks. That she's fighting some battles in the realms of this. I said, wow. You know that. You know that. So this girl came back. I don't know how she landed. I don't know the flight that brought her. But apparently she was to respond to all the calls. And she called me. She was like, ah, brother, mom, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, ah, just be praying for me, for divine strength, for this. I said, okay. The next thing I'm hearing is, please, I need your assistance. I said, I hope it's not to go back to trance. I said, no, like, I'm behind on my bills. You can't die with angels and come back broke. They should have given you spiritual money from where you are coming from. Why did I say this? Spirituality is judgmental. Spirituality is not the real essence of it. But truth or brokenness is positioning yourself for acceptance. Truth or brokenness is what? Positioning yourself. For what? For acceptance. If I am going to be completely honest with you, in this my little life on planet Earth, at this current age of my life, I am never going to impose myself for you to judge me. But I'm going to always want to present myself to you so that you can accept me. That was why even Jesus was more particular about the people accepting that he came from the Father. He was more accepted about that. Have you not pictured it? Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say I am? All of them were saying all kinds of rubbish. But Peter said, truly you're Jesus, the son of the living God. What did Jesus say to him? He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Now, guess what? When Jesus died and paid the price on the cross, the first person to go back to his vomit was the same Peter. So the question is, he was in spirit there. But the reality of his personality, the reality of the placement of his heart was back in the place where he needed to make money. 
So spirituality is judgmental. Truth or brokenness is positioning yourself for acceptance. You will never meet God at the estate of revival or usefulness until you are broken. Nothing close to revival, nothing close to God using you until you are broken. I want to be used by God. You have to be broken. You will never enjoy the proceeds of mercy until you're broken. If I'm to compare David and Saul and I'm God, I would have more mercy on Saul than David. Because Saul just did one thing. David did all kinds of things. But guess what? David was still identified as the apple of God's eyes. Why? Because he was broken. Because he was broken. Nothing close to mercy. Nothing close to his goodness. There's this popular song that we all sing. I have seen the Lord's goodness. His mercy and compassion. The only people that have the right to sing that song. Are believers who are truly broken. Because if you look at the combination of those words, I have seen the Lord's goodness, His mercy, and His compassion. Compassion because you expressed a particular aspect of your life that needed mercy. So mercy will never flow until you are in the truth, until you are broken. So pastor, what does it mean to be broken? For somebody who is taking note. To be broken is to strategically, systematically, and all ashamedly position yourself to be diagnosed and treated by God himself. And if I'm just going to be honest this morning, that's the challenge that we have in church. Every man wants to treat themselves. Forget that the best person that can diagnose and treat you is God. I went for a program one time and the pastor said, he said, if God is to open the eyes of every one of us in church and see the nakedness of the person close to us, when I'm talking about nakedness, I'm talking about the real person. The real person. Not that brother by your side writing all the notes and doing like this to pastor. Hmm, word. Not that place of worship where the sister is like, oh Lord. No. The man said, if the Lord opens your eyes to see their real self, their nakedness, he said, you will maintain your lane. And that's the truth. No matter what of you here express in church, I maintain my lane. I maintain my lane. Even if like roll on the floor, run from there to there, I maintain my lane. Why am I maintaining my lane? You will see in the course of the teaching. Because the expression of your spirituality would not make me feel less spiritual. And this is where a lot of ladies fall victim. A lot of ladies. But I thank God that this generation is changing. Someone say amen. Back in the 90s, 
Not that I was very, very whole too, but those were all the gist and the stories we heard. Everybody already knows that the pastor is married. Most churches there, you have to be married as a pastor before you pastor. Am I right? You have to be married. But we just realized that the people that are not married are the instrumentalists. Amen? And amongst all the instrumentalists, if I ask the question now, you know the answer. The most spiritual is who? Not because I came to stand beside you. In every church, he's the most spiritual. Even the pastor will say, ah, give me that key. I'm entering the spirit. He knows the key. The pastor did not communicate key to him, but he would just press something. But I said, oh, I'm the spirit. That's the word. That's the word. And all the young ladies in church, they did not see that usher that was ushering them in. They didn't see that brother at the parking lot that was directing traffic. They didn't see that guy holding the camera, taking pictures or recording. Their eyes is on the keyboardist. See? That, that brother, that brother, that brother is my spec. So you realize that she doesn't have a voice, but she will join the choir. It's the truth. Some of you, some of these things. So some churches too are not sensitive. They assume the keyboardist too is very spiritual and they make him the music director. You just realize that in a 40-man choir, 37 are ladies. It can't be possible. How come it people in the choir? 37 ladies. Only keyboardist, drummer, and bassist or gogon are the guys. So, I will say all the guys in church cannot sing. It's not possible. It's not possible. So, there is nothing you express spiritually that you make you or any man less spiritual. So, to be broken means I strategically. Strategically means that uh, uh, you apply certain imputes, certain strategies. Sometimes you have to frame some things into system. For some of you, devotion might not work for you, but you attend money programs where they pray. For some of you, studying the scripture might not be a good balance for you, but you listen to all kinds of sermon. Some of you, quoting scriptures can be your strategic ways. Some of you can be joining certain fellowships. So you find some people when you ask, oh, why are you always going to that meeting? The person says, it's helping my spiritual life. That's somebody who deserves to be broken. Unashamedly positioning yourself to be diagnosed. Find out that some of you go to the hospital and you are trying to tell the doctor what exactly is wrong with you. Why are you there in the first place? No doctor will ever ask you what is wrong with you. The only thing they'll ask is, how are you feeling? What are the symptoms? Then we can start from there. But you are telling the doctor, hey, my, my head is paining me. Just give me Panadol and Parastamol. I'll be okay. Now, some doctors might be naive. They'll give you the Parastamol and Panadol. By the time you get back, you realize that you're coming back again a few days later. And you thought it was headache, but you're actually treating typhoid. And this happens to some of us. 
self-medication. And that's what we do in church. Faking it in front of people to make them feel that you're spiritual. Lift up holy hands. Like I heard in one CSC church, if you know your hands is not holy, drop it. But if I say, lift up your holy hands, everybody, both sinner and non-sinner, everybody. To be broken is a spiritual condition that can only attract the attention of God. To be broken is to be positioned to understand yourself and embrace divine help. Before my dad passed, he always mentioned words like this to me, statements like this. He'll say, Tomoa, you can lie to people, but you can't lie to yourself. But in this time and age, people are even lying to themselves. Even Paul said, I am what I am. By what? By the grace of God. Let me tell you one of the things that gave me boldness to step into ministry. Because I already told myself that, no, God, I'm not going to do anything ministry. I just want to keep serving. I just want to keep serving under a man. I will never step up and say, okay, I want to pastor and all that. Until one day, Pastor Ayo was preaching. And maybe this will liberate some people. He said, you don't have to know the entire Bible to pick up the mantle. Because we live in a time and age whereby you feel that you're not qualified to lead God's people because you can't quote certain scriptures. You say, ah, how, how do you want to pastor when you cannot recite the entire Psalm 23? I went to a Texas Bible Institute. The person teaching me did not even know the scripture. And they literally told us there that you don't need the coating of scriptures to lead God's people. You need a heart to lead God's people. Because every time you appear before the people, it will fill up your mouth with words. When Pastor Ayo said that, I was bold. I said, well, that means I can do it. That means I can do it. Even Pastor Matthew Hashimolo said the same thing. You just need a heart to lead God's people. So you want to sign up to be a pastor because quote all the scriptures from back to back. You already failed. Because the Bible is not even the complete word of God. So if you feel you know from Genesis Revelation is what qualifies you to be a pastor, to be a deacon or to be whatever, then you're wrong. You just need a heart. Have your sin. So to be broken is to position, to understand yourself. You have to understand yourself. You have to understand yourself. And that's what some people don't want to. They just keep pretending and pretending. And say, God get me when he wants to get me. That's no, no. You have to understand yourself. You have to even know your capacity first before somebody can add to you. Is there anybody here who has tried to go buy a generator in the market before? If you've gone to buy a generator in the market before, can you raise your hand? You've gone to the market to purchase a generator. The first thing they ask you is, what do you want to power? So your mind of mind, you're trying to hack Ijebu. You say, eh, me, in this Nigeria, I'm not buying any generator that is more than 50,000 naira. Yamaha, I better pass my neighbor, Tiger. 
or I think there's one that's called Jin Chin. Right? Uh-huh. Fifty thousand. They cannot cheat me. I'll show my neighbor. That means I can put on generator. And in your house, you have sixteen TVs, four AC, two gas cooker, whatever. You have all kinds of things in that house. Then you went to go and buy a generator that can only take like two kVA or four kVA. The first thing they ask is, what do you want to power? So you're asking God for more capacity. The first thing you have to say is, what's the capacity you have? You have to understand yourself and embrace divine help. That's brokenness. That's what it takes to be broken. Is there any man that exists on planet Earth that does not want divine help? Such a man has failed. And I put this to you this morning. Brokenness is the most challenging fix of a spiritual man. It's very easy to get an unbeliever to be broken. But it's very challenging to get a believer to be broken. Because it feels it's already spiritual. Because the emblem of spirituality makes you feel like you're whole. Makes you feel like you're whole. Oh, I gave my life to Christ last week and I was filled with the Holy Ghost. He's broken. So that they say, lift up holy hands and blast in tongues. And you realize that yesterday your tongues was la ba 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 ba. But today your tongues has changed to ra ba ba ka. You say, wow, I'm getting there. I'm spiritual. No, you're not. You're not. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. Because wholeness does not even mean perfection. That's what some people don't know. That your whole does not mean you're perfect. That your whole does not mean you're perfect. But the act of engaging the truth and igniting brokenness should be an integral part of your life. So I have this very simplified definition of brokenness. Brokenness is the tearing of yourself into pieces. And completely engaging with the bidding of the Lord. If you're not ready to tear yourself into pieces, there can never be any spiritual engagement. There can never be any engagement between you and God. In fact, sometimes it's not in my note, but I'm just letting to say, many of the times, certain prayers are not answered until you're broken. So whenever I see you checkmating certain divine instructions, whenever I see you playing church, whenever I see you not even standing firm in this place of faith, whenever I see the way you have this imbalancing in your serving the Lord, then I need to check the level of your brokenness. I used to say this before in church. Maybe I used to say it this morning. I wish Christianity was like traditionalism. Whereby before you become a Christian, they have to cut your blood. You have to make certain covenant. Like a Yoruba movie I watch, they will put you inside a coffin and tell you that if you come out alive, then you are a Christian. They take you to Beragran. They tell you to hug dead people or hit with dead people, eat porridge with dead people. 
believe you me, you will take your Christianity serious. Trust me. Or they cut one part of your body and say, we have hanged this part in the throne room of grace. Any day you violate, there are special angels that will eat it. Ah, eh? You will take your Christianity serious. You will take it seriously. There's so much imbalance. You choose when to pray. You choose when to serve. You choose how to serve. You choose when to love. If some people pretend about this Christianity of a thing, I'm being honest. Some people pretend about this Christianity of a thing. I've seen things. They tell you that we are only hiring Muslims. God sees my heart to Muslim. Sir, you're a Christian Muslim. My mom is the Christian. I'm the Muslim. Some even do change of name. Some people even pick certain traits and unhealthy attitude, even in the place of kingdom service. It tells me your level of brokenness. Why did you stop going to that church? I realize that every time I go there, the pastor is always talking to me. Oh, why is something in that church? Hmm. Hmm. I stopped going to that church because hmm, I keyboard this. He hmm. dated my sister for two weeks and broke her heart. So anytime I see him playing keyboard, I feel like God should just punish him there. It tells the level of your brokenness. It tells. Your level of brokenness will always expose the placement of your heart. Your level of brokenness also determines the shining and the brightness of your light. So can we just take a break from saying we are the light of the world? It's scriptural. It's the promise of the Father. It's the reality of what God wants you to be. But sincerely, you're not the light of the world until you're broken. Until you're broken into pieces. As a matter of fact, the level of your brokenness determines your success. The level of your brokenness, it determines your success. The level at which you tear yourself to pieces and fully engage with the beloved Lord, it determines. Your success. Look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua 1 verse 8. Let's put it up on the screen. He says, do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. He didn't say day alone. Day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. It takes a broken person to do everything that is written in the scriptures. It takes a broken person to do everything that the Lord is asking you to do. And many of the times, get this loud and clear. What the Lord is telling you to do are things that you're having issues with. Then you will be prosperous and be successful. So my level of brokenness determines my success. This was God speaking to Joshua here. That I know, I know you too well, Joshua. You've worked with Moses for too long. 
you know all the tricks. And that's where, that's where some of us miss it. You've been to several churches, so there's nothing new about any church to you anymore. You've heard all kinds of sermons, so there's nothing about any sermon that can turn you on. That's the truth. As a matter of fact, like Domomo say, you've heard too many songs, so no song sounds spiritual to you anymore. Did you remember the day when they sang a particular song and you were in tears? They are singing that same song beside you now. You're not even moving. But now there's something I want to tell the giants the light. Maybe I'll tell them one of these days. I know a song that moves every Christian who we'll starts singing it in THN now. All those barrier songs. So by the time they want to start worship in the morning, you, you'll be moved. You'll be moved. You'll be moved. You should even question the level of your brokenness. Listen to me. This you should definitely question your brokenness. Whereby they call prayers for church or prayers for God's kingdom, and the passion and the energy is not there. But they say every powers behind my glory. You change position. In fact, before they call the fullness of that prayer, you're already picturing people in your head that is holding your glory. Ah, brother, ye. Ah, ye. Sister Tosin. Ah. I saw it at seven days of glory. I saw somebody, the person was praying so said, And I looked at that same person. Let's pray for increase in the church. Father Lord, in Jesus' name, Father, I pray that you just increase this house. Which one is much more important? Kingdom advancement? Or glory verification. Because the truth of the matter is, after you have all the glory, you still end up in the grave. You still end up in the grave. That's the, that's the irony of life. That's the irony of life. Maybe it's just me. Let me tell you about myself. Maybe it's just me. I don't know if some of you are like that. Many of the times I just picture what after Tomiwa will look like. Have you been in that shoes before? That wait, when you die, what are the things they will just do behind you? That iPhone that you caged beside your pocket. The first person beside you will grab the iPhone. That your ATM that nobody knows the password. They will hack it. Your TV, nobody can touch the remote. They will, they will not even touch him. They will sell the TV. Sell the TV. Sometimes I just, I just sit down when I meditate. I just picture. I just picture it. Like Yoruba has a proverb that says, "The dead cannot hide his nakedness from the person that will worship." Now I'm not saying expose your nakedness, but just picture those things that you place earnest and highest value on after you're gone what do you think will happen to those things
your level of brokenness determines your level of fruitfulness so you're not fruitful in ministry you're not fruitful in the works of your life you're not fruitful in every rest of your life because you're not broken because you're not broken your level of brokenness will always expose your spiritual capacity and authority expose it So they put you in charge of something in the kingdom of God or something in the church or something in your place of work and you messed it up. It tells how broken you could be. Nothing should ever take you by surprise and you should never be the type that messes things up. I was talking with someone in the car and I said to the person, I said, I said, I spent a good number of hours trying to talk to my media guys. Talking to them about maintenance, which I still do almost every time. Talk to them about how they set up things. Then the person said to me in the car, he said they will never value what you do for them because it's not their money. I was like, where's that coming from? Then I began to think, it's the truth. Will you labor for a thing with your hand or with your money and watch that thing get destroyed? No. Do you desire that today you are seeing vision and all of a sudden you can't see anything anymore? I remember the times in my life that I was praying to God. I said, let my dream life come back. Now when I'm talking about dream, I'm not talking about spending long hours to sleep. I'm just talking about being inspired. That's what I was telling him this, this, this. I said, I said, I'm intentional about creating scenes and scenarios where people can be inspired. Because my dream is just to see people get to a better level of life. So today you are praying, you enter the spirit. Now tomorrow you are praying, you are struggling to enter the spirit. Something is wrong with your brokenness. Today you join the church, you are all over the place. They put you as usher, you did it well. They put you in choir, you did it well. They put you in protocol, you did it well. Then all of a sudden, something little sparking just happened in the church and you just lost your balance and you're like, what's even all the point serving all these pastors, doing church, 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 church? It tells the level of your brokenness. You were not broken in the first place. You're not broken. You ask some people in this place, mention how many churches you've been to. They've lost count. They've lost count. They've lost count. Brokenness is God's major requirement for maximum attention and usefulness. You want to get the attention of God, be broken. You want to be useful for God, be broken. Say, God, use me. God, use me. Be broken. Hear this loud and clear. It is the breaking of every man that leads to the making of a better man. It is the breaking of every man that leads to the making of a better man. Lord, I want to be a better wife. Be broken. Lord, I want to be a better husband. Be broken. Be broken. 
broken. Lord, I want to serve you better. Be broken. I told some of them in the giant's life, go and check the early stage of Ibe. You will listen to Rof Apala to buy his music. His voice was bad. Very bad. Permit me to use the word extremely bad. He could not even pick notes together. It was just all over the place. But now, Eben is somebody that even two minutes up on stage, he has catapulted people to another level. I was telling my wife some uh, when we were having the 7DG. I said, I am not amazed. Do you know that Minister Joe Praise? Let me say this. Let me say this. Do you know Minister Joe Praise is one of those people that does not even blow too much trumpet? But widely used by God. I was telling my wife, I said, nobody will know that that guy, my man of God, as I call him, was backup artist for Sinaj for almost 10 years. As far as God has used all those people, mention their name, Frank, Sinaj, all of them, they are still submitted to a particular man of God and they are still in the church choir. How many places has your picture appeared on poster? Then you now come and meet the pastor and say, Pastor, the Lord is using me in miraculous ways. I doubt my availability in church from this moment. I doubt it. How many, I'm, I'm, look, tell me, how many dead people rise in your crusade that makes you feel like you don't, have, you don't need a church? Like my spiritual father will say, what blessing have you seen that you're exhibiting pride? What? I'm the first to buy a car in my family. And so what? And so what? And so what? I'm the first to have a master's. Then they can't talk to you. Then they can't talk to you. Let me tell you one of the reasons why I feel that the Lord is using Pastor Enoch Adejarade Boye at the very highest level. You know what it means to acquire so much and God tells you to tear it. And God tells you to tear it. I'm just so glad that he has not told me to tear my U.S. passport. I'm just so glad. In fact, that one, write him a letter. Say, God, I'm broken. Just leave the passport. <laughs> Can I have your sin? Is the tearing to pieces. What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? What do you have? It's a question I used to ask myself many times. What do you have? The breaking of every man is what always leads to the making of a better man because anticipating a change is not the same thing as effecting the change now I'm not talking APC now anticipating a change does not equate to effecting a change anticipating the appearance of a better man is not the same thing as the formation of a better man because I've, I've, I've heard all kinds of things I've seen all kinds of people I can't wait to be married then my man will know that I'm a virtuous 
You know the good thing about the Bible? There's virtuous lady and there's virtuous woman. So before you can become a virtuous woman, you must be what? You must be a virtuous lady. Before you can be a prosperous man, you must be a diligent man. Everything is in levels. So I'm anticipating the betterness of me to come. No, that's not what the scripture is saying. He says, start the formation. How do I know this? Give me Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. I want to show you something. It's a scripture all of you have been reading. All of you know it. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens. Have you gone through the heavens? It's a question to ask yourself. Every time I read scriptures, I always ask myself certain question. Have you gone through the heavens? The sister I told you about, in this, she went to trance, not heaven. Trance. Trance. And I asked her, what did you see? She could not describe. Tell me what the angels look like. She could not tell me. He has been through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to the faith that we profess. So if you say I'm a Christian, hold on to it. Circumstances should not change the level of your faith. Verse 15. He says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. And the course of my teaching, I will show you. That's the challenge everybody has, including the pastor. You don't want to commit more to what God is expecting of you because of that line, weakness. And let me say this loud and clear. Weakness, many of the times, does not mean sin. It just means a state of feeling not being qualified. Put back the scripture. For we have one who has been tempted in every way. He has been what? Tempted in every way. Just as we are yet was without sin. Now 16, see what it says. Let us then do what? You see why I said it? Anticipating a change is not the same as effecting the change. It says do what? Let us then approach. Approach is the order of the game. Approach the throne of grace with confidence that you may do what? You may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If you give me any other translation, I had to put it down here. Other translations tell, use changes the word approach. It uses the word come boldly. How do you tell a fornicator to come and lead opening prayer? He feels not qualified. How do you tell somebody who has slept with all kinds of ladies? Because go and pastor a church. You see, that's amplified. It says, let them come what? Fearlessly and confidently. Imagine somebody who killed your father, comes and meets you and says, I just want you to know, I was the one that killed your father, but God has changed my life and had mercy on me. You and I know what you do. Says, let us come boldly. Give me back the scripture. Give me back the scripture. Says, let's let them come fearlessly and confidently. So it's disregarding your weakness. 
it wants you broken. All kinds of translation comes with different terms. Another translation will tell you, draw near. It says, walk right up. Just walk. Walk into the throne room. Another one will say, be not afraid. Another one, translation will tell you, walk up. Another one says, freely step up. Freely step up. When the Lord gave us the team for last year in THN Church, and the team, some of you guys remember, is step up and stay up. It's only me to understand where that team came from. Because this was a city where I grew up for 19 years. 19 years tells you that a thousand and one people has different ideology about me. That's the guy that used to play PlayStation that doesn't go to school. That's the guy that used to steal. Remember that day that his grandmother said he stole the money and they flogged him. They told him to go and kneel down beside the well. That's him. If one of my teachers messaged me one day on Facebook, he said, anytime I pass shop right and see your picture, I'm like, alone to be low bow. And you know, there's a part of your life that makes you feel like you are not that bad. But like I used to tell my wife, you can't judge yourself. People have to judge you. So as you are smiling, looking good, say, hey, I'm a very innocent girl. Somebody has a record of you that is not appealing to you. So I saw that message. He said, I said, I said, ah, am I that bad? He said, eh, Olu, yeah. Ah, it was not citing things. He said, do you remember that day I flogged you? Remember what you did? You punched somebody on the nose? You remember that day? Ah, I said, am I that bad? He said, once I see it, I used to go back home and tell my children that God can, ah, ah. That's why when you ask some people that uh, certain ceremonies, they don't want to make it loud. Say, I just like Loki. It's a lie. He's hiding something. It's like if you're about to get married here yeah, and your wife tells you, just Loki, city room, city room. Just your parent and my parent. My brother, go and do your research well. She's hiding something. Because if, because ah, wedding is celebration now. Make it big. They're hiding something. It's not about money. Amen. So I purchased the order of the game. See, see what message says. It says, so let's walk right up to him. That's what some people cannot do. And say, and get what he's so ready to what? To give. Take mercy. It is a plead for mercy. It is a fast for mercy. Someone shout, take it. Say, take it. And accept the help. Me, in my life, my wife knows my slogan. I want her to have more money than me. Why? I will not struggle. I will never know what my ATM or my bank account looks like. But some men finish me and say, no, my wife cannot have more money than me. Who would they give help and not collect? It's help. It's help. Like one very controversial man of God in Nigeria. He said, if you bring seed for me, have you say, 
He said, if you bring seed for me, that's an offering. And the money is stolen money. He said, once he touches my hand, he's blessed. I'm saying that to you too today. Whether it's juju money or ritual money. So far he enters my hand. He's blessed. Because the truth of the matter is, I will not eat the money. I'll do what? I'll spend it. So the juju money you gave me too, I'll spend it too. He says, take, accept help. Take, take the mercy. Accept the help. If you go back to the definition I gave our brokenness. Tearing yourself to pieces so that you can embrace divine help. So brokenness is the best approach for the formation, for the elevation and the usefulness of a believer in life and kingdom service. And I've taught you in this church several times. Whenever we are talking about you being useful for the Lord, we are not always talking about in the church. I'm not saying be useful, come and sweep the floor. No, even in life. I told them on when something I posted on my WhatsApp status and I saw a whole bunch of them sharing. If you are not making life easy for others, the spirit of hatred is in you. You are supposed to make life easy. So the proof that you are making life easy for others, it means you love. Things must always be tough. I told a politician friend, I said the issue in this country is that we are not ready to help ourselves. I said once we wake up to that reality that we are ready to help ourselves, I said this country will be better. And I'm sure my CEO could attest to that. People, months, years, queuing for passport. Who made the process? What's the process? It's so bad that even this PVC or anything that they are shouting, they say you can do registration online. I tried it. Say network missing. Network failing. It's so bad. I clicked on the site once. I got 15 messages and I could not still open the link. Just making life unbearable for people. Are you with? We say we want things to get better. Around the same policy that we create, somebody has found a way out. Somebody has found a way out. So brokenness is the best approach. So the biggest threat to fully expressing your values in Christ Jesus is not the devil, it's your weakness. What is getting you not to be broken is your weakness. And I've told you, weakness always doesn't have to be seen. Weakness is just something that you could not deal with. In fact, as, as, in my own understanding, some people have converted what should be a blessing They've not turned it to be their weakness. Ask a nursing mother, why did you stop coming to church? Ah, God understand now. He gave me triplets. I can't carry the three to church. Ask a man, why did you stop coming to church? Ah, Pastor, God understands. Ah, why did you stop doing the things you were doing for God before? Oh, God understands. The job now is demanding. And I like the way God does his thing. Maybe the job is demanding. He will take the job back. And guess what? The person comes back to church. 
there is nothing in this life that should hinder your service and your love for God. There should be nothing. There should be nothing. Admitting your weakness could be demanding, but it's most rewarding. What did I say? Admitting your weakness could be what? Could be demanding, but it's most rewarding. Hear this today. The devil is never attacked by the prayers of a believer. The devil is never attacked by the giving of a believer. So you can pray. Doesn't change the devil. You can give. Doesn't change the devil. The devil is never even intimidated by your spirituality. The enemy of your soul, the devil, is crippled, attacked, oppressed, and intimidated by the broken heart of a believer. Once you're broken, the devil is intimidated. Once you're broken, the devil is crippled. Once you're broken, the devil feels attacked. I close with this scripture and we'll continue from next Sunday. Matthew 21. Matthew 21 from verse 43 to 44. Matthew 21. How much more can I have that? Can we say? He said, therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Verse 44. He will falls on this stone. What is a stone? Christ Jesus. Will be done what? Be broken to pieces. I can tell you are not broken because you have not fallen for Christ Jesus completely. Now read it for yourself. See what it says. It says, But you on whom it falls. You see why I said that the devil is not intimidated by your spirituality. I love it when they say speaking in tongues, the devil does not hear. But listen. Of you have spoken another language besides somebody that does not understand your language. Does the person fidget? No. The person is just quiet. Say, maybe you are speaking Igbo and you know I don't understand. It's the same you that you interpret it. And many of the times, can I can I shock you guys with this? This is my little journey in faith. I've realized that a lot of us are pumped up speaking in tongues, but after speaking in tongues, we indirectly tell the devil what we have said. You indirectly tell the devil what you said. I will explain it. Go ahead and speak in other tongues. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The devil is beside you. Mm-mm. What did he say? What did he say? Stand up. So let's assume I'm, we're, we're together like this. Come, so that the camera can see. So we're together like this. And we are praying. So you speak in tongues, I speak my own. So, so while you are speaking in tongues, use this your hand to just eat me. Eat me again. Eat me one more time. What? Your expression 
Have your say. In the place of spirituality, tells the devil the level where you are. So you spoke in other tongues. You feel charged up. Somebody is pinching you. You knock the person off. Or after service, after I spoke in the tongues, you are so quick to look for that brother. And I say, how far now? Who me there? Where's my money? Where's my... He tells. He tells. And that's why the Bible says that the accuser of the brethren is always bringing your case to antagonize the next move of God for your life. Put back that scripture. So it will force on these stones. You are broken into pieces. You are broken. So whoever you, the broken pieces, that's what he's saying. Whoever the broken pieces now falls on. What will happen to the person? The person will be crushed. How do you defeat the enemy? Be broken. How do you mount up challenges? Be broken. That was why I read Matthew 5 for you. That was why I read it. Everything they do to you, you should not be a peacemaker. But you being a peacemaker qualifies you as God's child. With all the persecution they do to you, you should be frustrated. But rather, it says you have a great reward. So picture it, picture it, picture it, picture it. You, this is the stone. You fall on this stone and you crush into pieces. Now the tiny piece of you now drops on the devil, drops on your enemy, enemy crushed. Crushed. So to be broken means to be free. That's why the Bible says, Whosoever the Son of Man shall set free is what? It's free indeed. To be broken is to know the truth. That's why the scripture says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall do what? Set you free. So I can tell you don't know the truth because you're not broken. I can tell. I can tell. Anyone, anyone, have you seen? That's why you see certain things that should break some people. They mount on those things to another level. They mount on it to another level. Somebody that you're expecting to be in their lowest state of life, boom. Because the person is broken. Because it's broken. To be broken is to be free. To be broken is to express the truth. It's to express the truth. I want to encourage you. If there is anything to chase in this kingdom. It's not spirituality. It's brokenness. What did I say? Is what? Brokenness. It's very demanding, but it's the most rewarding. It's very demanding. You think what I'm doing, I like doing it? No, I don't. Do you think what I'm doing right now is easy? No. Do I know what's going on in your minds? No. But with your faces, I want to believe you're accepting what I'm saying. It's not easy. Holding the microphone for one hour. In the middle of the night, preparing notes. Not knowing the kinds of people that will come. 
Then after service, some folks will see me and the wisdom will still pour out. I didn't buy the wisdom. It dropped. It dropped. Back in those days, you want to meet some pastors. The first day you write what you want to see the pastor for. So that the pastor can read it and realize himself and say, eh, she has marital issues. Ah, her husband is not sleeping at all. He has not been at home for two weeks. He slept with the house girl. The house girl is now the second wife. He has not paid children's school fees. And they are coming to meet you as a pastor. Please, what do you want me to say? They real me. Who asked? Has he kicked out of the house? No, stay there. There's a time the CEO gave me a message that the woman said she's sleeping on the street, her husband kicked her out. Why would the husband kick her? He said the husband has followed another strange woman. So what should I say? What should I do? He said she needs that she needs pastoral intervention. That pastor can bring the husband back. Husband that I did not know. No, tell me, advise me, because the matter is still pending. How do I bring the husband back? If a strange woman can carry a whole grown man, so me, small boy, she will not just even carry me. She will pieces me. Just think about it. Because ladies like that are looking for fresh blood. Like, ah, what, will, what am I doing with this grown man when there's this young boy here? How old are you? 30. Ah, your bread, your blood is fresh. Come. So I'm going as a pastor to set a man free. I'm taking him to captivity. So my wife too will now go and meet the woman and say, Come and show me where they. <laughs> Come and show me where they took our husbands to. There are some matters you bring to me, me to apply common sense. I won't interfere in such issues. To be broken is to be free. Is that not what everybody wants? Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be free from those challenges? Don't you want to be free from those sickness? I told my mom. I said, asthma can never spring up again. She asked, how? I said, because Jesus has this body. Jesus has this body. There's some of you that are battling with the same ailment. It's because you're not broken. Because you're not broken. Because when it tears you to pieces, there is no room for sickness. There is no room for lack. Brokenness gives you a better understanding of God. I keep telling you in this church, what did David know? For David not to call him God and call him shepherd. Brokenness is all we need. It gets you free. It gets you to express the truth. It gets you to express the truth. I saw a recent picture on social media. Some of you might have stumbled on it. Where Pastor Adeboye went to uh, Benson Daosa University to do grand opening for late Archbishop Daosa's uh, memorial center. All kinds of men of God were there. Who should stand in front? Let me ask you. Who should stand in front? Who should stand in front? Pastor Adeboye, he's older than all of them. He's in his 80s. He should stand in front. The man stood behind. Give me Matthew verse 5. Please sit down. 
That's why every man of God in Nigeria today refers to that man as meek. I saw another picture of him and Tony Rappu. Tony Rappu was talking to him. Pastor Debo did his hand like this. He had a live video with Pastor Kojo Emade. Pastor Debo was telling Pastor Kojo Emade, how are you doing, man of God, sir? The Lord is your strength, sir. Pastor Debo, I run away from men of God. I've not even achieved anything. I said, ah, my son, come here. Who gave, you to, who gave me you as son and father? Say, my son. Why? Because you're older than me. Because you started ministry before me. So what? Go and watch videos of that at the way the man relates. He was shaking governors. He's older than them. He was bowing down for them. What have you achieved? That you're like this. What have you achieved? What have you achieved? Everybody that has contributed to my growth today, no matter the level I am that seems to be like I'm above them, probably maybe financially or because I'm achieving my purpose right now, does not still make me believe to them. Does not still make me. Does not still make me. I heard a man of God say something. He said he went for his mother's birthday. And while they were doing the opening prayer, the mother said, let my son pray. So the son prayed. No, the man said, let my apostle pray. I won't mention the man. Said, said, let my apostle pray. So the son prayed. The, the, the mother said, she wants to make a prayer too. He said, Lord, let birthday celebrations like this continue to happen in my house so that my own son will have time for the family. The man of God said that day started shedding tears. That what have I achieved that I do not have time for my own family? Brokenness, tearing into pieces. I end with this. The best approach to unveiling the better me is to break the former me. I'll say it again. The best approach to unveiling the better me is to do what? Is to break the former me. If you are not ready to break your former self, you are not ready for the new person. You are not ready. So, for a couple of Sundays, I'm going to be talking more on this. Brokenness. Be broken and be planted. Because now I've realized that if you are not broken, you can't be planted. Can I say one more time? If you're not what? If you're not broken, you can't what? You can't be planted. I'm not discouraging you from praying. But the truth of the matter is this. If you're not broken, your prayers are like sounding cymbals. They are all noise. That's why your breakthrough does not have a good story. Father Lord, I'm trusting you for a school for school fees. And lo and behold, one uncle decides to give you the school fees, but it gives you a condition. And you attach that condition to testimony. We, I grew up in church. Some people's testimony is not pure. But for the sake of church must grow. We allow them. Ah, pastor, the Lord is good. What did the Lord do? Ah, the Lord just blessed me with a brand new house. But you know that house is not pure. Ah, pastor, did, 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 did. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting married. Oh, to who? To that brother. Oh, the Lord did it. He's my saint man. But you know the sending is not pure. The former you must break for the new you.
to evolve. We believe you have been blessed by this audio podcast, and we never like to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart today, and I am making you the Lord of my life. Amen. Congrats. You are now a child of God. Thank you for listening and downloading Tamiwa Oluwen Podcast. We want to take over nations for Christ. Partner with us today by visiting www.heavennation.org forward slash donate. Kindly subscribe to get update of new messages and share with your friends and families. We love you and we celebrate you.